Hi, my friends. I do this work with all my heart for you. So please contribute generously to Future Primitive. Samara Gaev of Truth Worker Theatre Company. Hi. So, <laughs> so, Samara, you just performed on the stage of Connecting for Change, mm -hmm. and uh, you're a spoken word poet. And like with some of the other performers, what I would like to ask you is could we start by hearing some of your poetry. Mm, sure. Um, I am not poor. I'm not illiterate. I'm not a sugar daddy's girl. I'm not a whore. And yes, I know these things that women know now. I'm a statistic now. A victim now. That's what they call me. Another mother woman, lover woman, daughter woman, sister woman, healer woman, magic woman, frightened woman broken by the victims of this system, where we train boys to be criminals, subliminal. It's in the cafeteria, the armed security, the way the ladies cross the street and clutch their purses, your teacher curses and daddy's locked up, mom's exhausted and mental health care is taboo. So if you're sick, boo, you're a criminal. Go get a gun, another name, and learn the streets where you belong, boy. Better be strong, boy. Better be strong, boy. Be a man. Another little boy locked up. Another woman scared to walk alone without a home. Another mother panicked. Father angry, and I need a break. Please, Mr. NYPDSVU. Yeah, you, I need a break. He breaks up, breaks down, breaks in, breaks her, and she is me. And we're in three, and I'm afraid it isn't over. I'm afraid it didn't start with me. Just find him, please, and lock him up and love him. Make somebody love him, damn it. Make somebody love him. Let him cry. He needs to find his salt, his water, cactus thirsty in the desert so he looks for light for life and tries to take it steal it to absorb that beauty freedom life force that we're made of leaves us empty shells and shadows lock him in a cell and hold him when he cries and catch him when he crumbles i was raped i was raped at gunpoint I was raped at gunpoint in my elevator. I was raped at gunpoint in my elevator by a stranger. I was raped at gunpoint in my elevator by a stranger. He threatened to kill me. I was raped at gunpoint in my elevator by a stranger. He threatened to kill me and he was so young. I was raped at gunpoint in my elevator by a stranger. He threatened to kill me and he was so young and so scared and so young and so scared and angry. I tried not to scream. I tried not to cry. I tried not to die. Whatever I had to do to stay alive with thunder in my ribs that makes my body jump the way it did when he attacked me that moment that haunts me, makes my breath stop, shoulders locked, rewinds the clock, and I don't want to die. So I survive. His lips were tight. His eyes 
were cold. His face was mean. And I took care of him. So how did the words for your experience come to you and you become able mm -hmm. to express mm -hmm. your experience with such authenticity? Um, it takes time. That piece that I just shared was, was a part of a, a trilogy of three pieces um, that takes, takes people on a journey, hopefully, um, from looking at and recognizing and unpacking and understanding some of the systemic oppression that exists in our communities and our societies and particularly with young people, particularly with young people of color and, um, and looks at it from that perspective and then brings, locates myself in that narrative, in that story um, and, and moves into a space of uh, speaking of game changers and talking about the, the shifting time that we're in and the potential of young people um, to really create new identities and, and break out of some of the, um, the paradigms and the dichotomies that hold us. So that, that's part of the larger narrative. To answer your question more directly, um, I have been working for over a decade um, with young people and doing work uh, in an attempt to create communities that are accountable to one another, safe spaces in under-resourced communities in which um, hopefully offering young people the tools to, through writing, through poetry, through art, through uh, any means necessary, really, to um, shift the dominant narratives that, that are perpetuated through mainstream media. And um, in my own experience, after going through an assault like that and being really pressed up against someone's suffering and uh, in a way that's, that shakes, your, shakes you and shakes your foundation, um, from the work that I've been doing in my graduate thesis, I created um, a research around trauma and witnessing and asking, um, what does it mean to witness which is a word that etymologically means to see and therefore to know. So what does it mean um, to have knowledge that may not be visual or cognitive, but instead is embodied, is corporal? And how then do we testify? So right after asking all those questions and doing that work and looking at trauma and witnessing, I'm pulled into my own personal lived experience of, of a violent assault. And um, what I know is that hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And I was hurt by someone who's hurt. Mm -hmm. And then I was pulled into a criminal investigation and a trial that convicted this young man. I was called as a key witness. Mm -hmm. And I did not have visual memory. I was told over and over by a kid with an eighth grade education, if you look at me, I'll kill you. And so he knew the system we live in, but my body testified. And through that, I was, I was pulled into a system that I, I don't know what the alternative is, but I don't support it, mm -hmm. in which this young man uh, was sentenced to 178 years. This young man was sentenced multiple lifetimes. So we have taken a hurt person who's hurt someone and put them in an environment where he will be hurt, and we will hurt people and hurt people and hurt people. And how will we break the cycle, is my question. 
And how do we create open people who open people? So how do I stand here and tell this story, I guess, is because it feels I'm compelled. It feels like a calling and a necessity to um, break some of the, the internalization of the shame and the silencing and walk the walk that I talk. So if I'm spending all day, every day fighting to create community members who are the agents of their own stories and shifting dominant narratives, then I need to stand up and use my own understanding and my own lived experience, not an analysis, not some scholarship, and not an anthropological study, but instead use my body and my story and my knowledge and my relationships and my perspectives to invite people into new conversations and new dialogues. So... So that's, that's how I remind myself that, and I worry about my audience, and I, I find myself perpetuating some of that. Um, should I tell this? Will this hurt somebody? Will this trigger somebody? Is this, is this mine to work out in therapy, and, and I shouldn't share it? You know, those questions come up, and I always return to the memory and the knowledge and the truth that I may not always walk with at the forefront, but it's always it's always at least in the back pocket of knowing that it's it's not for us to silence ourselves and to protect society from the hurt and the hardships that are here. If they're here and we want to shift them, then we need to identify them. And we can't turn a blind eye. And so it's been a journey and it's been a process, and particularly on stage for this performance for the first time, I invited my company in to be a part of that piece that I just shared and represent. Um, so I had young men in orange jumpsuits and young women with candles and um, in, a, in a performance piece, being, being part of that. So for myself as a facilitator with youth to allow myself to take that cloak of authority off and invite them into my vulnerability, I think that vulnerability is where a lot of potential exists for us to connect for change, to truly connect for change is, is if we allow each other to see one another's vulnerability and see our vulnerability, then we can break down some of those barriers and have real dialogue. So, so that's my hope. What about your theater company? Uh, would you like to, you have um, shared with us beautifully about you being a writer and a poet mm -hmm. and a human being who, even in their own fear, is willing to witness and speak up. Talk to us about your work as a director and about your theater company. So this summer I started a, a youth social justice-based hip-hop theater company for young people, high school and college students. Um, or high school and college aged students. It's not a mandate that they be in school. But essentially I have 16 young people from 15 to 21 working together. And this has just been a complete labor of love uh, up until this point. I've spent over a decade working with cultural institutions and organizations as a teaching artist in residence, as a director, um, as a facilitator, and... I'm so grateful for all of those opportunities and hope to continue having all of those relationships which really allow for community engagement on such ph phenomenal, profound levels. And at the same time, there's always been a mediator between my relationships with 
the youth that I've been connecting with and creating with over the years. And so when after Hurricane Sandy, in fact, when a budget was cut and I lost a contract for the summer and I had no work um, and simultaneously was receiving calls and text messages and Facebook messages from all of these youth that I have relationships with saying, what's next? Where can we keep working together? Can we, you know, can we create? Can we perform? Um, I said, I'll be damned if I'm going to make no money sitting in the park. Might as well make no money doing my art. So I gathered this young community together, and some of whom knew each other and some of whom didn't, and an amazing um, artistic director of the theater space donated his space to us. Um, and we came together and worked this summer in an intensive four-week period, and that was how Truthworker Theater Company was born. And through that process, um, I invited them to look at the school-to-prison pipeline, which is a direct relationship between the public schools and the prison system and, and finding um, how some of these institutionalized systemic infrastructures perpetuate uh, mass incarceration uh, of particular demographics and invited, invited the company to look at that. And that was really how, how I started it. And of course, that's born out of my own interests and um, a direction that I'm, that I'm hoping to pursue through art, through the investigation of art. Um, through that process, I worked with, with this community, Truthworker Theatre Company, and in, in less than a month, in four weeks, three days a week, three hours a day, um, we created all original work written and devised by the young people themselves. From research, I brought in guest speakers who had been formerly incarcerated. I brought in performers. I brought in key lawyers in the stop and frisk trials with the NYPD to give them statistics and research. So I invited my community of colleagues and friends to come and, and work with the young people and then for us to take our own research, our own experiences, our own perspectives and use, and it's called hip-hop theater because it calls on uh, media, on dance, on lyricism, on poetry, on theatrics. It's not one forum. And so we created, and they created, with, with my direction and guidance, an hour-long work called Barcode, the performative analysis of the school-to-prison pipeline. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's, that's what we're presenting tonight, and that's the work that we're hoping to be able to grow and support. And instead of just having a, a one-time culminating, we did it, yay, and everyone go away, actually value, create a value of the voice of the young people and create a platform that this show can stay alive and can continue to be developed and workshopped and that we can share it with people just like we are here at Connecting, of Change, Connecting for Change, which is such an honor to be able to not just have like a recital, but instead, you know, have dialogue, have panels, do workshops, come to conferences, and we're hoping to continue to, to grow this so that it's something that's supported and while it's a labor of love, it's also sustainable. Um, so, that's, so that's the company. My commitment within the company is that all of the work that comes out of the young people is theirs, that it's their writing, their stories, they're creating their movement pieces, they're, and of course I direct, you know, of course I, I find prompts, I bring in um, media and I stage and, and whatnot and I invite them to, to think in creative ways, you know, it's rigorous professional training at the same time, but, but the... the the work is theirs. The words are all of theirs. The research is theirs. Um, and so it's, it's really exciting 
to to step outside of, of that spotlight and and allow them to take up all the space that they deserve and communicate messages that I think are really important. So the, the mission behind Toothworker Theater Company is that all of the young people are valued, that they're offered professional stipends, so um, that they don't have to go get a job as a checkout cashier or at the office or the front desk of a precinct like my students do, and instead they can they can actually have stipends and be supported and nourished um, to be able to do their craft and that it's it's supported and affirmed for themselves and for their communities as a valuable path and a sustainable path and um, that it just maintain a space that can that can breed new conversations, new dialogue initiated by young voices about issues that they feel are vital that we have in order to create transformation, create change, and create a shifting paradigm towards a reality that we hope to be a part of in our lifetime. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you very much.